0: Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of San Francisco this time. I'm actually on my way to our Back to Jerusalem ambassadors meeting, which I'm always super excited about, where we have ambassadors from all around the world. We have, you know, we have our offices. So if you're not familiar with our offices right now, if you're listening to this podcast in places that... Um, you know, most people think that we're in the U.S. when we're not. Our, our base is in China, but we don't really have an office in China. But we do have supporting offices. And I know a lot of people that go to our website, they think that our, our main operating offices is in the U.S., but we have offices all over the world. So we have in the U.S., of course, but also in Brazil, Canada, U.K., Holland, Poland, And we also have offices that are starting up in other countries this year as well. So one of them has been for a while now that we've been working on has been South Korea, whether that one ever gets up and off the ground. I'm not sure. But this morning we just started looking at putting up a new office that might run a little bit open and a little bit more clandestine in Dubai. I've been spending a lot of time in Dubai. I had a very close friend of mine that we've been working together for years. He's actually been our Back to Jerusalem representative in Dubai this year. He and his wife have decided that they would like to start a Back to Jerusalem office that would also double as a church, an underground church, one that is not registered in Dubai. So we're super excited about that. So if you're listening to this podcast anywhere around the world, you can find an office that's close to you. Reach out to our offices. But this podcast specifically is about China. Since 2020, we've been watching the pandemic break out from Wuhan, China and basically spread like an infection all around the world, coming out of Wuhan and then greater parts of China and then spilling out first into Thailand and then into South Korea and Italy and these the, the pandemic just kind of took over the entire world. I mean, Three years ago, if I would have told you that you would have had to shut down, not leave your house for a couple of years, um, that you would not be able to travel, you would not be able to travel without a mask, you wouldn't be able to travel without proof of vaccination, most people would have said you are crazy. That's exactly what happened in 2020. We saw the whole entire world come to a screeching halt, which I didn't even think was possible, especially with the, you know, quote unquote globalization of the entire world. But no country has been cut off more from the rest of the world than China. That's where the pandemic started. That's where the pandemic ended in many ways. I just came from a a China air flight uh, last night. And still in January of 2023, we're still wearing a mask. Oh, I hated it. Even while at the airport in Taipei, I had to wear a mask. I hated it. But I did for the first time since 2020. So I was last time I was in mainland China was January of 2020. I was in Wuhan. So Wuhan is where it all started. and In many ways, Wuhan is where it's all ending. So it's kind of back to Wuhan, like back to Jerusalem, back to Wuhan, starting in Wuhan, going around the world and coming back. Wuhan was one of the last cities to go under lockdown. They were, they're still one of the last cities wearing masks. China is one of the last countries that are still kind of on lockdown. They've just started to open up. So I was in Hong Kong this month and spent some time there. And I tried to go across the border into China because China's opened up. So for those of you that have been praying for China to open back up, congratulations. Your prayers have been answered. China has opened back up. Chinese can now leave and go back. I'm doing this podcast during the Chinese New Year, and a lot of Chinese are traveling out of China. But getting into China is a little different than it was three years ago. There are three new crazy rules that I want to share with you. Now, we did have this as an article on our website, but for those of you that may have missed this article, I want to be able to share it with you. Those that download our podcast. China has opened its borders again, but some massive, massive changes have taken place. And there's three of those changes that I believe you need to know if you're a Christian going back into China. Before you go, these are the things to know. China has essentially closed the door to all foreigners for the last three years. Foreign missionaries know this better than anybody because many of them have been living and working inside of China. They found it extremely difficult and expensive and if not downright impossible to leave China and return back. So many of them left and didn't get a chance to go back to China. They're still biting at the bit ready to go back. Then you have those that have chosen to stay and some of those that have chosen to stay. I know that you are listening to this podcast because you write to me. Many of you foreigners, foreign missionaries that are still living in places like Shanghai and Beijing and Shenzhen are writing to me and asking questions. And some of you we've even supported by sending in things that you need during the pandemic. And I won't mention those things, but we've been sending in items into several places inside of China throughout the pandemic because there's just certain things that you have not been able to buy. And we have been we find it such a privilege and honor to support many of you uh, missionaries. And by the way, Back to Jerusalem, we're not officially connected with any foreign missionaries inside of China. We support the Chinese Underground House Church, the indigenous Chinese believers, pastors, evangelists, and missionaries that leave out from China and serve in other nations. We have indirect or informal relations with many missionaries that come from other countries and serve today in China. Many of you listen to our podcast and glean a lot from it. Many of you are kind of locked into one location, serving people in remote areas, and you don't get a chance to really see China on a whole. And that's something that not a lot of people get. I've been working with a guy for a while now, um, he is, well, I won't name which country is, is in, uh, but he's been with a supporting organization that we've been working with for many years. And he had lived in China for, for a little bit of time, but he only really lived in one place. And that's so typical where individuals who've lived in one place will take one place and we'll say Zhengzhou, for instance, where a missionary will go and they'll live in one city in Zhengzhou and they'll think that they understand all of China because of their experience in that one city, which is a bit of a tragedy. Because just because I live in Paris doesn't mean I understand Rome or London. Just because I've been living in Stockholm doesn't really mean that I can tell you much about Helsinki or Oslo or Amsterdam. China's bigger than Europe. And the cultures, the language, the people is as diverse from east to west as it is from east to west of Europe. It's as different from Xinjiang in Eastern China to Xinjiang in Western China as it is from Russia to Barcelona. Different cultures, different history, different languages. It's very easy to look at China and think of them as a monolithic country, but it's not. And so individuals, sometimes when they hear me share about things in China and they're not aware of the differences throughout China, even if they've been living for, let's say, a year in a place like Zhengzhou, in the center of China, it's very easy for them to travel around and talk to other foreigners that say, oh, you know what? Hey, I just heard Brother Yun and Eugene Bach come into our church and share last week about China. And they said this was happening. And you, with your experience in Zhengzhou, can easily say, no, no, no. I lived in China. That's not the case. The truth is, is China is so diverse that if anybody asks me, they I'll have people come to me all the time and they'll say, hey, Eugene, I heard this about China. Is it true? And I'll often respond, at some time in some place, somewhere in China, it probably is. Because China is... Different. Even when I talk about persecution, persecution can vary so drastically from Tibet to Guangzhou to Shenyang to Inner Mongolia to Jiangsu to Shangxi to Yunnan to Guangxi. There's just so much diversity inside of China, even with the practicing and enforcement of the laws. But one thing that is universal throughout China is their border control. So if you're a foreigner and you're wanting to go into China, if you're one of those missionaries that have been biting at the bit to go back to China, or you're one of those missionaries that we've been supporting for the last couple of years, and you're wanting to leave China, you're wondering, can I get back in? This is a podcast for you because there's three things that I've learned going back into China that you need to know. The first thing that I think that needs to be shared with anybody wanting to return back to China is this. China has canceled all long-term visas issued before 2020. My visa, which is a long-term visa, 10-year visa, was canceled. Now, there's not a lot of information about this online. I looked it up. It's mainly rumors that you get this information. on. In fact, I called the China Embassy. And could not get a direct answer. The only way that I could get a direct answer on my visa was to go to the China border. And even then, the border guards at the border worked tirelessly to be able to get me into the country. And they did. They got me into the country. They stamped me into the country. But they weren't able to process the visa. Now, the computers were down on that day, but they were not able to process my previous visa, which was issued before 2020. So because of the pandemic, if you have a long-term multi-entry visa into China, the likelihood of it being canceled is about a hundred percent. I tried to talk my way out of it. I tried to make the argument that I paid extra money for the visa, which I did. The reason I paid for the extra money is so that I would have the extra years, which I did. and they agreed. And the border guards worked really, really hard. But across the board, throughout China, I heard the rumor before. I didn't know if it was true. I couldn't confirm it anywhere. If you have a multi-entry visa that was issued before 2020, you can probably take it from here that that visa is no longer valid. You'll have to apply for another one. That is something that I feel is a big, big thing that's missing right now from Chinese Immigration websites. Second. This is a big big deal. For anybody worried about security. Something that we talk about a lot. In fact next week. We are doing our Back to Jerusalem Hackers Conference. Which I'm super excited about. and We'll be talking a lot about security. What I'm about to share with you. Will greatly jeopardize your security. If you are a Christian missionary. Traveling or working inside of China. And that is this. The second thing that I want to share is that you have to have the Chinese social media application WeChat on your phone. This is not negotiable for the Chinese. This is not advisable from my side. I feel that if at, at all costs you should keep from putting WeChat on your phone. But unfortunately, if you're traveling into China, it's unavoidable, it's a requirement. The government is known to use WeChat to monitor activities on your mobile device. And that includes having access to your contacts, your messages, your photos, your videos, and even those files where you might keep your secret sermons. So if you've been sending messages back and forth to your contacts, Christian contacts inside of China, guess what? The Chinese government's going to have access to that or potentially have access to that once they have WeChat on your phone. The other thing is that if you've been taking photos or you've been uh, writing anything that requires photos to other individuals, let's say supporters, before you leave out of the US or before you leave out of Europe to fly into China, you might have sent photos on some other social media site like Telegram or Threema or uh, WeChat or not WeChat, but WhatsApp sharing with them about this amazing journey that you're about to take, the ministry that you're about to embark on, and the people that you're about to embark on it with. You might have sent pictures of Bibles or projects that you've worked in the past and said, hey, Bob, look, this is a picture of me and Li Jia, a special pastor from Guangxi province. And this is the orphanage that he and I are going to run together that you're supporting. Thank you so much for your $100 a month for the orphanage that we're going to be doing inside of China. That information on your mobile device is now going to be available to the government once you put WeChat on your phone. This is something that the government is requiring not for your safety. They're doing it for the health declaration. You have to go on to WeChat and you have to fill out this immigration form. So I did this. As soon as I arrived at the border, they have a, uh, they have a QR code that you have to scan and you have to make your health declaration form with the QR code. Once you fill out the health declaration form, then you get a green QR code, and then you take that green QR code and you go up to the machine in front of immigration and you scan it and then it will let you proceed forward so that you can see an immigration officer to stamp you into the country. That is the process. Without WeChat, you don't get a code. Without a QR code, you don't get it in the country. Simple as that. So that's a big deal. That might You might want to think about having a secondary phone that is clean, that is sanitary, that is sanitized from all Christian activity that you would want to have with you before you go into China. Third, the third thing that I think that you need to know if you're a Christian before you go into China is this, the new immigration forms that are now required for you to fill out are different than before. For anybody that's listening to this podcast that has traveled into China, you will know that every time you go through China, you have to fill out these little yellow cards. Well, they were white, but they had yellow kind of borders. And if you are like me, you probably took several of them so you could fill them out on the plane, Prior to landing. So you don't find yourself waiting behind a lot of people like racing as I usually do. Usually as soon as the door opens to the airplane, I run out of that airplane like a bat out of hell. So I don't have to wait behind everybody inside the plane in order to go through immigration. Even if I don't have the people waiting for me on the other side, I still don't want to wait for people in line at immigration. It just goes against my nature. I hate it. I hate lines. I hate waiting. I don't have patience for any of that mess. So I always try to be, even if it's a long line of immigration, at least I can console myself with the idea that I'm not waiting behind the people on the plane. Last thing I want to do is try to go and look for immigration forms while all of the people that I just ran around go to the line and get lined up while I'm going around like a madman frantically looking for a stupid immigration card that I need to fill out. Anyway. Those cards, if you remember them, were, had yellow borders at the top. They're no longer yellow borders. In fact, they're color-coded so that the Chinese immigration officer can see whether you're filling out an old immigration form or a new one because now they're blue. It's a blue immigration form, and this is a big difference because those old ones, they had like hotel where you're staying at. Now it's it doesn't have that. Now the new immigration forms require a contact name and a phone number to be listed. Of somebody inside of China. This was not listed on the previous yellow immigration forms prior to 2020. And this new requirement, I mean, it's not as crazy as it seems. I mean, almost any country that you go to, there, most countries want a contact form. I was, I'm a bit surprised that it took China this long to, to require it on their forms, but they do now. And it's a new requirement. It doesn't have to be difficult. You can just list somebody that you might know at that or, you know, make up somebody's name. Call a hotel that you're staying at, get the name of the person that you're talking to and then give their name and the address of the hotel and then the phone number of the hotel as if you know them if you're going to stay there. These are the three new things that I believe that is important for you to know when you travel into China. And in addition to these new changes, many countries are restricting passengers right now coming from China. So if you're thinking about traveling into China in January or February of 2023, keep in mind that you might be able to get into China, even with a new visa and the new policies and the new things that are now required. And if you do all of these things that I've just shared with you, you have a higher chance of getting into China, but leaving China can be more of a hassle today than it was just a couple months ago. Because now many countries are restricting travel from China, which they just started implementing in December of 2022 and January of 2023. And the reason why is that China, surprise, surprise, has not been very open about the numbers of people that have COVID inside of China. And there's a new COVID virus that is spreading around and China has not been very forthcoming and that's the reason why we saw a pandemic in the way that we did, because China was hiding much of what was taking place in Wuhan in 2020. So I pray that this podcast is a benefit from any for anybody that plans to go and serve inside of China or travel to China. I want to thank you so much for listening to this Back to Jerusalem podcast, and thank you so much for downloading another Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of America. God bless you.